Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1, which reads, If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. Without love, a Christian becomes spiritually empty and sometimes obnoxious. Doing things that look spiritual or that make you feel good about yourself but are not motivated by love are of no value to the body of Christ. Please listen to today's slice of this week's message entitled, Empty, Obnoxious, Loser, Quote-Unquote Christian. Fourth of the seven evidences that tongues are known languages. The word interpretation means translation. It's the Greek word hermeneuo. We get that we you take that word into English into hermeneutics, the art and science of translating and interpreting old texts. The word hermeneuo and the noun form of it describe explaining the meaning of words in a language. There are stronger forms of that word that include the idea not only of translating but of giving a full explanation. So it would be similar to our English word expound, or we speak of expository preaching, exposing what is there. Now, that has a strong implication. Where the gift of tongues was, to be, was practiced, there was also to be the gift of interpretation. That means the spiritual gift of the interpretation of tongues is the supernatural ability to translate an unlearned language. And therefore, it is a 100% verifiable miracle when a person speaks in tongues. Um, we, if you are in a room and uh, most of the people speak English, and all of a sudden one person starts speaking in Italian, and then somebody else stands up and says what he said was, and then he translates it, and you have a native Italian speaker in the room, he could say, yeah, that's right. So it's 100% verifiable when it is the biblical gift. Number five of these seven, 1 Corinthians 12.10 and 1 Corinthians 12.18, we've been past them in our studies already, they mention kinds of languages. The word translated kind or kinds there is the Greek word genos, from, we get, from which we get our English word genus or genealogy, all the derivatives of that. It means a family or a group. You know there are families and types of languages, dialects, etc. So that would be irrelevant to gibberish, but it's perfect for languages. Number six. 1 Corinthians 14.21, and yes, we're not to 1 Corinthians 14 yet, but when we get there, you'll see this. It is very clear that the gift of tongues were foreign languages uh, given as a sign to unbelieving Israel. 
Now, I'm going to show you the details when we get to chapter 14, but I promise you that is an unmistakable fact in the text. Now, number seven, there is a difference between languages and ecstatic speech or the kind of babbling that was common in pagan religions, the mystery religions and all their activities, including in and around Corinth in the first century. Ecstatic speech, speech which is unintelligible, we call it gibberish, not not in a pejorative way, but just because it's not linguistic, that is Satan's counterfeit of the true spiritual gift of tongues. Remember, any good thing that God does, Satan counterfeits it. Now, that's significant because what is today in our generation being called the gift of tongues is not human languages. When the modern charismatic movement was in its infancy, now there had been, there had been this practice in the Pentecostal denomination, I think Assemblies of God, a few of the older uh, denominations. But uh, the modern charismatic movement was born in 1962 when it leaped the boundaries into other evangelical groups. And it became quite the interesting phenomenon. It became quite a divisive thing, and it was therefore studied. When that movement was in its infancy, a linguistics professor at the University of Toronto, a gentleman by the name of William Samarin, wrote a book. It was entitled, The Tongues of Men and Angels. And I want you to hear what he wrote. This guy is not, uh, to my knowledge, a Christian or a theologian or a Bible scholar, but he is a linguistics expert. And remember, the time of his study was the early years of the modern charismatic movement. Here's what William Samarin wrote, and I've gone to this quote many, many times. I've never found one better. He says, Over a period of five years, I have taken part in meetings in Italy, Holland, Jamaica, Canada, and the United States. I have observed old-fashioned Pentecostals and Neo-Pentecostals. That was the word Uh, one of the words for the early charismatic movement. I've observed old-fashioned Pentecostals and Neo-Pentecostals. I have been in small meetings in private homes as well as in mammoth public meetings. I have seen such different cultural settings as are found among Puerto Ricans of the Bronx, the snake handlers of the Appalachians, and the Russian Molokans of Los Angeles. I have interviewed tongues speakers and tape-recorded and analyzed countless samples of tongues. In every case, glossolalia, that's the word that glossa, tongues, laleo, speak, speaking in tongues. In every case, glossolalia, glossolalia turns out to be linguistic nonsense. In spite of superficial similarities, glossolalia is fundamentally not language." Unquote. Now, that, that tells you that a linguist understands that you can make sounds that sound like uh, another language. I can do a 
pretty good imitation of what Russian sounds like, and it makes my Russian friends laugh really hard or wonder what in the world has happened to me. So you can have, you can have um, superficial similarities, but it's not language. All right, now, back to the phrase, tongues of men and of angels. 1 Corinthians 13, 1, if I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but do not have love, I am... I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Now, the word if there is significant. Paul's making a hypothetical statement. The sense is, even if I could do this. And what he's dealing with here is a fixation that some in the church at Corinth had with the gift of tongues. And we've seen Paul use sarcasm edgy words a lot, and you're going to see that even more as we continue on through 1 Corinthians. But he is saying, suppose I could speak all languages of men, and suppose I could even go on to be able to communicate in celestial languages of angels. Now, Paul does not say what tongues of angels are. He doesn't even exactly say that there is such a thing. He certainly is not commanding anybody to speak in uh, the tongues of angels. Now, there are two biblical hints or biblical possibilities that he could maybe be referring to here. One of them is 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. When we study 2 Corinthians, you know this is when he was speaking of his own experience of being caught up into heaven. He says this man, referring to himself, was caught up into paradise and heard. Now, here's what he heard when he was in heaven. Inexpressible words which a man is not permitted to speak. Might that have been angelic tongues? Well, there's a whole lot of angels around the throne of God, but he also seems to say that these are things that he was allowed to understand, but these are inexpressible and a man is not permitted to speak them. The other possibility, now Paul had not read this because he never got around to reading the book of Revelation before he died because it wasn't written until almost 30 years after he died, but Revelation 14, 2 and 3 This is the Apostle John describing a vision that he saw. He said, I heard a voice from heaven, like the sound of many waters and like the sound of loud thunder. And the voice which I heard was like the sound of harpists playing on their harps. Now, that's quite a description. Like many waters, like a gigantic waterfall or thunderous waves crashing, like the sound of loud thunder and like the sound of harpists. Well, I don't know what that is, but it was loud, and it made a real impression. But here's what they said. Here's what he he says. And they sang a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders. So this is in the company of angels. And here's what he said. And no one could learn the song except the 144,000 who had been purchased from the earth. Now, my point is that whatever is described in those two passages, if there is such a thing 
as a heavenly or angelic language, it can't be uttered by humans. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.